Here, I fixed it for you. Actually, it's very handy. Fixed it? That doll doesn't have a head. It's Marie Antoinette. Grandmama told us about the French Revolution, and Paxley chopped off her head. <laughs> hey, cassettes, and welcome back to the Black Case Diaries. <laughs> hey! <laughs> We're three old friends learning everything we can about movies and TV and hopefully teaching you in the process. I'm Adam. I'm Marcy. I'm Robin. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome. Sup. Summer is winding down, which can only mean one thing. It's almost time for fall. Fall. We love getting spooky here at the BCD. We do. Well. Adam loves it. Uh -huh. <laughs> don't let him, don't let him yeah. fool you. So we've decided to get a jump start on the season with an episode about the creepiest, kookiest family around. The Adams Family. The Adams Family. Whether it was a sitcom, cartoon series, movie, or comic strip, chances are you've seen The Adams Family. This strange and loving group of weirdos has managed to remain in mainstream pop culture for well over half a century, appearing in several adaptations. This week, we're learning where this fascinating family came from and why we're still talking about them today. Yeah, it's been 84 yeah. years. It's a long time. That is madness. People, people <laughs> don't realize it's been that long. It's, it's, yeah. it's been a while. It still feels so fresh, though. Yeah. 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 So grab your most hideous clothes and let's get positively ghoulish with the Adams family. Hey. Yes. This is pretty exciting. This was actually Marcy's idea. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, so if you don't like yes, it, need it was, yes, you, know? you know who to blame. At Marshall. If you're like, yes, Ew, if you don't, I don't like it, I don't want to hear about the history of the Adams family. Ah, oh, gross. Just at me and let let me know. Yeah. You know what? If people reacted that way, I think in universe the Adams family would be like, yeah, thank you, <laughs> thank yeah. you for thinking we're we is. are gross. <laughs> we don't want anyone what to know about us. Yeah, what a compliment. Mm -hmm. The story of the Adams family begins with their creator, cartoonist Charles Adams. Adams was born in 1912, and even though his body of work would make it seem otherwise, he had a wonderful childhood. Growing up in New Jersey, he was the only child of two loving parents. He even remarked that he supposed it would be more interesting if he had a tough upbringing, but that just wasn't the case. <laughs> How would it be different? Yeah. He's like people. People want reasoning as to why I'm this way. Is what it <laughs> yeah, sounds but like. There's, but, but there's, there's no, no reason. There's nothing. There's no reason. You just are. <laughs> yeah. Adams did always have a love for the macabre and would be found exploring graveyards, graveyards as a child. He also enjoyed pranks and would pop out of his family's dumbwaiter to scare his grandmother. Oh, man. <laughs> Seeing old movies and stuff makes me wish there was a dumbwaiter in my Dude, house. Dude, yeah. Yes. For over two decades, Adams lived on Elm Street in Westfield, New Jersey. At a young age, he broke into a nearby barn and drew a skeleton on the wall. In 2018, the town of Westfield excavated the drawing and preserved it as a piece of original art. What? Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, they just Shit. he was they said he was about 10 years old and Aww. he just it was Dang. chalk too, but no one ever touched it. So Oh, that's wow. That's crazy that it survived. That it survived, yeah. yeah. Adams pulled a lot of inspiration from Westfield. The Adams family would sometimes attend films at the Rialto, a theater located in his hometown. 
Many believe that he modeled the Adams house after one of the large Victorian homes in his neighborhood that he walked past on his way to school. The, the house is like as iconic as the family <laughs> yeah. at this point. Yeah. Because when you think like haunted house, immediately you either picture like a Casper type house yeah. or an Adams family type house. Yeah. And it's perfect. It's yeah. People will come. People will go to Westfield, New Jersey. Yeah. And they will come to see the house that they think he based it. Uh, yeah. But just because his house, his house itself is a museum where people come to see him. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I just had to. I had to say. Uh. It. <laughs> but it's not a, the other house. Isn't people just come to look at it and be uh. like, "Yep." That looks like the Adams wow, family. There it is. Like, yeah. Somebody living there currently? Probably. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah. please stop. Yeah, please leave please, me alone. Hundreds of cars stop in front of my house. <laughs> Adams became interested in illustration while he was still in high school and eventually attended New York City's Grand Central School of Art. Whoa. It was a school located on the upper floors of Grand Central Terminal. So you guys know Grand Central <laughs> Terminal so weird. in New yeah. York. Yeah, there used to be an art school located on top of it. Wow. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's pretty cool. That is pretty fancy. Yeah. While a student there, he sold his first comic to the New Yorker in 1932, when he was only 20 years old. There are claims that Adams' biggest artistic influence was James Thurber, the humorist and illustrator known for creating characters like Walter Mitty. We wanted to include this because Thurber is actually from Columbus, Ohio, which is our yeah. hometown. Hey. There's even a Thurber house. Yes, his house is also visit. a museum. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yep. It wouldn't be until 1938 that the New Yorker would publish the first comic with recognizable members of the Adams family. It was one panel and depicted a vacuum cleaner salesman attempting to sell his wares to an unimpressed woman in a long black dress. Behind her, you can see a hulking man in a gloomy home filled with spiderwebs and someone peeking out from the stairs. The comic earned Charles Adams $85 and launched a property that would outlast even the author himself. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what an origin. The comic is one panel and then you've got just what the vacuum cleaner salesman is saying mm -hmm. and it's so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. What are you saying? Because, it's like, oh, yeah, no well-maintained home could be without one of these. And you see this dark, <laughs> grimy house with bats and spiders yeah. behind her. It's just yeah. like, huh? Like, okay. Yeah. What does that mean? <laughs> what are you saying? The woman in the cartoon would later be named Morticia, the matriarch of the Adams clan. Many people believe that Charles modeled her after his first wife, Barbara Jean Day because the two of them looked so similar. In reality, Charles drew the first version of Morticia several years before meeting his first wife. They eventually divorced because, according to various sources, she wanted children and he did not. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Mm, mm, mm. That's yeah. something you gotta talk it's about day before. one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he, it was so, people thought it was like really romantic that he drew um, Morticia and then he like found a Morticia yeah, who yeah. looked very much like, like the her, character. Yeah. And they said that of the three women that he married, they all looked a lot like Morticia. Yeah, the dark He had a hair. type. What can he I had, say? Yeah, like, he had a type. Yep. And <laughs> yeah, there's a, I think it was Life Magazine. They had a spread 
of him drawing the Adams family with her posing. So a lot of people were like, mm. oh, well, then duh. Clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. clearly yeah. she is the muse for Morticia, but that is not the case. No. As Adams continued to draw for the New Yorker, members of the Adams family became recurring characters in his macabre illustrations. From the very beginning, readers connected with the hilarious group of nonconformists that represented the opposite of the ideal American family. They were a family that appeared to be outcasts, but instead of wishing to fit in, they wholeheartedly embraced themselves for who they were. That's like the charm yeah. yes. of the Adams family. Yep. That's, and that's a timeless yep. like yeah. thing, right? They, they know who they are like, and they don't apologize mm-hmm. for it. Yeah, they know exactly who they are. And when people act like they're weird, they're like, huh? And then when they see someone who does something completely different, something that we perceive as normal, they're like, what is that? What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. That doesn't make any sense. You're so weird. You don't have spiders in your house? (laughs) You don't dust your place with with dust? Yeah, Yeah, you spray dust all over your place. And there isn't like one person in the family wishing that the rest of them were normal. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's a a trope that you see all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like the main characters... They're fresh into high school. They want to seem normal. They want to seem cool so that they fit in. But their family is just, ugh, they're so weird, right? <laughs> but the entire Adams family this time, like the entire family is like cool with it. Yeah. Yep. And that's, that's awesome. Charles Adams was able to make a living as an artist until his death in 1988. He had a permanent writing position at the New Yorker for over four decades. But many of his contemporaries found him to be a little strange. There were rumors that he slept in a coffin. (laughs) Sometimes he would show up to costume parties in in a full suit of armor. (laughs) Very nice. nice. (laughs) He was known to be a bit of a ladies' man, having dated Joan Fontaine and Jackie Kennedy. And he married three times. True to form, his third marriage took place in a pet cemetery. Wow. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. He used an embalming table as his his coffee table. Yeah. Wow. I mean. That's crazy. That's crazy cool. How fitting that this is the comic that he made. Oh, yeah. He he was a little creepy and kooky, as they say. (laughs) The characters in his cartoons were more sinister than their eventual TV and film counterparts. Likely because most modern versions mirror the 1960s TV show more than the original comics. But Linda H. Davis, Charles Adams' biographer, has said that she thinks he would be happily surprised by the staying power of, of the characters, as well as disappointed that he missed out on all the money that has been made. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. mean... You couldn't... Yeah. You, you can't help it. I no. mean, right. you make something and you see it's a billion-dollar franchise and you're like, Okay. Uh, it's the ex- cool. It's the exact same thing on a larger scale as when you say a joke yep. and nobody laughs, but then somebody says the same joke a little bit louder and the room just breaks out laughing. Dude, that happens to me all the time. It's the exact same feeling. Yeah. Right? Yep. But this time it's like a larger scale because it's a lot of money. Yeah, it's yep. a lot. Yep. All right. So now that we've kind of talked about the origin and Charles Adams and how he... He started these characters going. Now we're going to talk about the the first show, The Adams Family from 1964. So by the 1960s, Charles Adams and his creepy characters already had a large fan following. 
But it would eventually be this 1960s TV show that would rocket the Adams family to mainstream popularity. In 1954, Charles Adams married his second wife, Estelle B. Barb, a.k.a. Barbara Barb. She also resembled Morticia Adams in looks and was an astute practicing lawyer. During their marriage, she successfully conned Charles Adams into signing over the TV and film rights to the Adams family, as well as the rights to some of his cartoons. Yeah. Wow. How awful. Ooh. Good yep. Lord. Yeah. Jeez. She also asked him to take out an $100,000 life insurance policy. Before doing so, he secretly consulted another lawyer who advised him not to do it. The lawyer later said that he warned Adams that it sounded like the plot of a film called Double Indemnity, where a woman murders her husband to earn his life insurance policy. Adams asked for a divorce after two years. Honestly? Wow. Oh my Not gosh. jokingly. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's definitely super suspicious. Yeah. I'll ha- have like, the rights to your yeah. super popular IP yeah. and $100,000 in- yeah. life insurance. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Like, I uh-huh. mean. You're going to get yourself killed. Yeah. Yeah. So did he, he Did he get them back then? No. No? No. Nope. <gasps> he did not get the rights back. What the actual yeah. flip? No. Yeah. Nope. So he are, he missed out on the money even yeah. before I see. I see. the money became even bigger. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. The idea for an Adams Family TV series came from producer David Levy. The story goes that he was walking down Fifth Avenue with a friend when he saw one of Charles Adams' books in the window. It was called Homebodies, and the cover featured a portrait of the unnamed Adams Family characters. Seeing that portrait convinced David that Adams' drawings would be the perfect subject for a TV show. Yeah, he was walking with his friend. He stopped, and he was like, that is a hit show (laughs) right there. (laughs) Hell yeah. Levy worked with Adams to come up with a treatment for the series. He even urged the cartoonists to finally christen the characters with names. Together, they came up with Morticia, a play on Mortician, for the mother character. Adams wanted the name Rapelli for the father, but the network went with Gomez instead. Pugsley, the Adams's son, was almost named Pubert, but that sounded too sexual. <laughs> Pubert. Pubert. <laughs> Adams' friend, a poet named Joan Blake, suggested the name Wednesday for the little girl. Wednesday honors the old nursery rhyme, Wednesday's child is full of woe. Oh, <laughs> when clever. I read that, because yes. I've I've recited that poem millions of times. Oh yeah, and I was like, "How did I never?" Wow, that's, <laughs> I always wondered why her name was Wednesday. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, yeah I never, I, I never got it. I was like, I don't know why her name's Wednesday, mm-hmm. but whatever. It was right there, it was so clear. <laughs> One of the most iconic pieces of the Adams Family TV show is its unmistakable theme song. Lyricist and composer Victor Mizzy created the catchy tune. He later joked that all it took to buy a house in Beverly Hills was two snaps. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's pretty clever. Not only did he write the song, he also directed the intro, placing each character and coordinating when each would snap their fingers. 
Mizzy also maintained rights to the music and received royalties every time it was used on TV or during sporting events. Yeah. Smart. The Adams Family aired on September 18, 1964. With John Astin as Gomez, the show reads as a zany version of Father Knows Best, with offbeat characters. At first, the casting directors had a difficult time finding the right person to play Morticia. They really wanted movie actress Carolyn Jones for the part, but weren't sure if she would agree to take the role. Luckily for them, Jones happily accepted the job, and she showed great on-screen chemistry with John Astin. They did not think she'd want to do it. She's a movie star, and Mm -hmm. they were like, we really want her, because I did lots of tests with other actresses and they were like but we really want <laughs> yeah, we want really her. want her and i mean she was the perfect morticia yes. mm-hmm. i mean when i when i think of morticia that's so who i think of yes. i think it's where a lot of people think of. yeah and, she was yes. perfect mm-hmm. for that part john astin originally they wanted him to play lurch the butler yes. oh, and gosh. yeah so they were gonna have him play lurch and he went into the meeting <laughs> And like when when they were talking to him about it, he was like, "Yeah, I'm definitely not going to get this part because I'm not what they're what they need mm-hmm. yeah. for this character." And so then he just went home, and then he got a call, and they were like, "Hey, so we're taking the show in a new direction." And he was like, <laughs> "Right, right, okay." <laughs> I and expected you, this. We, we all know like, what that go. means. Yeah. I know I didn't get the job. <laughs> And they were the like, "Direction is not me." Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. And he was. They were like, "Yeah, we want you to play the father." And he's like, what? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I know that Gomez in the show doesn't look as like weird or creepy yeah. as the Gomez of the cartoons, but I think that uh, John Aston did. Yeah, I think so too. I, I really think that he does. He's shorter. He has yeah. Like, he, you know, and he does a smile really well. I, I yeah. was thinking that too. I was like, he bugs his eyes out a bit, and yeah, his, you know, shows his teeth kind of creepily, right. and you know, he has the his moments where this is only his second most famous role. His number one is from Mr. Boogity, the Disney yes made for TV uh, film. Uh, <laughs> that he's the yes. old guy that's in the house, oh, Mr. Yep. Boogity. And yes, we have covered that. We have, yes. we have. If you're Go interested, back. take a look. The Addams Family premiered within days of The Munsters, a sitcom on a rival network that also followed the daily lives of an untraditional family. Although many critics have found that The Munsters had more laughs, The Addams Family had an undeniable maturity, likely due to its source material. Yeah. My dad preferred The Munsters over The Addams Family. So when I was a kid, that's who I was more familiar mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. And it was similar. It was similar, but it was not really. I mean, the Munsters were trying to fit in. Yeah. Right. They yep. were, yeah. And they were a family of monsters. The Adams family is, they're kind of like normal people, mm-hmm. but they just have some supernatural elements to them. And there's like a little bit of magic going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. But they're not but monsters. General, yeah. yeah. But the monsters, it's like Frankenstein is the dad. Like that's yep. what the monsters is. This <laughs> is a little bit of a different approach. It's funny yeah. that they aired at the exact same time. It is. I know the coincidence. Yeah. We had to look it up because we were like, yeah. oh, surely one of them came like first, uh, like a year before the other one or something. Yeah. Right? No. So <laughs> one thing that I found while digging was that they knew that the monsters was coming out. 
And this was kind of like their answer to that production. Mm-hmm. But they, the reason that they, it took the Adams family so long to make a TV show was because Barbara Barb, oh, who yes. owned the rights, was holding out for more money. So if she had not been holding out for more money, then the TV show would have been made sooner, probably. The editor of The New Yorker didn't like the wackiness of the show and banned Charles Adams from the magazine during the show's original run. Isn't that terrible? What? So, so not only is he not making, yeah, he's not making the royalty money. Like he's not making the money because he doesn't have the rights. But he's now banned from his regular job. Are you kidding? Wow. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. The sitcom was far sillier than the comics. It introduced an extended Adams family universe that previously didn't even exist. Producer Nat Perrin. Once a writer for the Marx Brothers, has been credited with many of the show's gags. You know, one of the big things that came out of the show was Cousin It and The Thing. Those were the Mm -hmm. two things that came out of the show. And The Thing in the comics was a creature. Mm -hmm. And then in the show, the idea was it's a creature so hideous that you only see its hand. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's not like in the show, it's not a hand hopping around like in other versions. Mm-hmm. It is a hand attached to a creature that can't show yeah, itself can't see, yeah. because it's so hideous. The Adams family had one of the most unique sets on TV at the time. The elaborate interior of the home was heavily influenced by Charles Adams, and the show even included some pieces from his own collection. As the theme song suggests, the house is a museum of oddities. From two-headed turtles to medieval torture devices, the home appears very creepy in the black and white show, but if you were to find color photos, you would see that the living room walls were actually pink and mint green. Yeah. Yeah. A it's, lot of color. It's lot actually of not pinks and reds. <laughs> yeah, it's not gloomy at all. That's yeah. super weird to imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's a bright, colorful set <laughs> that they knew that audiences it would be black and white anyway. So, but yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, it's actually yep. truly interesting. That is <laughs> super weird. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> wow. What if, like, in some other version, they purposefully did it super bright yeah. and colorful? Yeah. Oh my they, gosh. Maybe they like buy the house and they walk in and it's like that, and they're like, "Oh, I just or- this isn't for me," and then they change it to be. <laughs> What, what if they expect? did an alternate universe Adams family where uh, they're like the perfect like Yeah, they're like whoa. the perfect family. Like perfect family, all prim and proper and pink dresses and <laughs> there's an idea there, Marcy. People are into multiverses right That's now. That's true. There's no doubt that the TV show had a lasting cultural impact, especially when it came to the relationship between Gomez and Morticia. Throughout the 50s and 60s, it was rare for TV couples to imply that they were attracted to each other. Yep. (sighs) Yeah, it didn't happen. But but they're a couple. (laughs) And they have kids. Yeah. Adult bedrooms often depicted two separate twin beds, and couples hardly embraced or shared kisses on screen. So it was fairly groundbreaking when Gomez and Morticia would share smoldering looks and playfully flirt with each other. We'd like for you to ensure our collection of O.J.'s doubt. That's French. <laughs> darling, please. Darling, please. Insurance now. O.J.'s later. 
It was one of the first times that a TV show celebrated the idea of physical attraction and displays of affection. That's just so strange. And that isn't yeah. that weird? That's yeah. Funny. Well, because it, it's interesting. Yeah, people would talk about this. They'd be like, "Yeah, it, it was the first time that it seemed like it was okay." Yeah. Like this was the first time that they implied that they had sex. Like this yeah. was. Yeah. This was it. This was the <laughs> because it was like <laughs> clearly they do. Oh, like yeah. he's so attracted oh, to her, yeah. and I mean. And he's just like so like complimentary yeah. and nice about yeah. her. He talks about how much how beautiful she is, how yeah. smart she is, you know, all and the he's time. Like, oh, Mona Me. Yeah. You know what and she does to and me. she loves it. And she loves <laughs> yeah. him too, you know? Yeah. They had they're a, a really good, strong couple. Yes. You know, it's a it's a really big part of the show. Yeah. There are these really weird people, quote unquote um, weird, nonconformists. And one of the things that sets them apart from the average American family on TV <laughs> is that the couple actually acts like they like each other. Yeah. It. That's, that's yeah. Just and it's crazy. Yeah. Logical does not yeah. make logical sense. And I, I didn't even think about that. I started rewatch or like watching it this past year or so, just you know mm-hmm. from the beginning, and it was one of my favorite things about the show yeah. was yeah. how much. Gomez and Morticia show their love to each other. Yeah, yeah it's. I, it... I thought it was so sweet. So if you're ever looking for a good example of soulmates, <laughs> yes, these two. It was these yep. two for sure. So we now have talked about the the one that many of us remember when referring to the Adams family. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but you may not know that there have been a heck of a lot more. It's a lot of them. Yes. A lot. (laughs) Although the 1960s Adams Family only lasted two seasons, reruns brought cult followings to the show. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we've all seen it. We've (laughs) all seen it. It was on TV for decades. Years and years. And then it's on, like, TV Land. Yeah, it's on MeTV. Exactly. (laughs) Not a sponsor. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) This led to several revival attempts throughout the years. Starting in the 1970s. Everyone knows that the true mark of cultural significance is guest starring on a Scooby-Doo episode. Of course. I mean, Uh, true. In 1972, Scooby-Doo was revamped by Hanna-Barbera with an animated series called The New Scooby-Doo Movies. In the third episode, they got to meet the Addams Family. This was the family's first appearance in a show since... The 1964 show. Yeah. Uh, do you guys remember these? They 1, would meet the Globetrotters. They yeah. would meet Laurel and Hardy. They would meet all kinds. Did they meet the Hardy Boys, too? I, they might have. I think they did. I met, they met the Marx right. Brothers. I know yeah. that. I mean, it was, it was yes. every famous. <laughs> I think Don Knotts and yeah. a whole bunch of different. I mean, yeah. they, they hung out with everybody. Yeah. Such a strange thing they did. I know. I know. I remember just what the Laurel and Hardy one always got me. Yeah. I was like, what's going on? What are they doing in a Scooby-Doo episode? <laughs> mm-hmm. Now I got to watch them all. Yeah. yeah, I know. The Scooby-Doo episode was popular enough that it paved the way for a Hanna-Barbera Adams Family cartoon in 1973 for one season. All right. Nice. The next one we have here is Halloween with the new Adams Family. In this live-action made-for-television movie in 1977, most of the original cast reunited. The plot was that a group of thieves came to rob the family during their yearly Halloween party. Oh. Ooh, oh snap. 
the actors for Wednesday and Pugsley are present, and they play young adult versions of the characters. Aww, that's nice. This one sounds like a fun watch. Yeah, I think it would be fun. Yeah, just to see them again. Exactly. Just a fun Halloween special. Yeah, and I imagine it'd be quite the experience Mm. for these burglars to realize (laughs) who they're robbing. (laughs) Like, ooh, that's a big house. I bet they got lots of stuff in there. And And they get in and they, ooh, uh, this is a weird house. They do have an unexplained large amount of money. Yes, Yes, that that is true. They don't really ever talk about. So now that we've talked about those iterations of the Adams Family, there really wasn't anything from the 70s until 1991 when they came up with the Adams Family movie that maybe most people are familiar with. Yeah. It's a bit right. of a cult classic yeah. movie. Yeah. A lot of people our age, mm-hmm. specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But up until this point, really, I mean, it, there wasn't a lot of stuff in the 80s. or mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The 1991 Adams Family film was based on the original comics, but also used aspects of the 1964 show. Its success launched the Adams Family back into the limelight, where they have generally stayed ever since. Several shots in this movie are taken straight from the original drawings. We will include a few in the blog so that you can see the comparison. Very nice. Yeah, you'll like it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Angelica Houston played Morticia. Raul Julia played Gomez. Christina Ricci played Wednesday, Jimmy Workman played Pugsley, and Christopher Lloyd played Uncle Fester. Yes. Well, sort of. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, a little bit of a spoiler there. Yeah, if you sort haven't of seen been. the movie. <laughs> Christina Ricci really stood out as Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of a career defining role for her. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because she ended up being cast in just kind of like creepier stuff mm-hmm. for yeah. the next few years. For that. Yeah. yeah. May I have the salt? What do we say? Now. The film's producer, Scott Rudin, fought to get the film made. When Rudin first pitched the movie, which he wanted to be based on the original comics, he was the head of production at 20th Century Fox. The problem was that Orion Pictures and Charles Adams' second wife owned the rights. Boo! (sighs) Orion refused to sell as they had plans to make a new TV show. Luckily, by the time Rudin was free of his obligation to Fox, Barbara Barb, Charles Adams' second wife, sold the rest of her shares to Orion. This caused Orion to decide to move forward with a movie instead of a TV show. Yay! (laughs) At this point, a script was written by Caroline Thompson and Larry Wilson. The film is Barry Sonnenfeld's directorial debut after having worked as a cinematographer on films with directors such as the Coen Brothers and Rob Reiner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before Sonnenfeld was approached, there were two other directors that had been asked to direct. They both turned down the film. Tim Burton, who was the first choice, was busy with Batman Returns, and Terry Gillum was working on The Fisher King. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Imagine if Tim Burton had, had directed this movie. It would be different. You know, yeah. I think it would have more of that style. We're looking for yep. in an Adams family. Movie. Yeah. But I don't know if it would have had the same, I don't know, uh, feel. There's yeah. a charm to this movie that it, feels exactly. different than Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sonnenfeld told Variety Scott Rudin thought he wanted a visual stylist, not just a comedy director. 
he thought, if I can't get Tim or I can't get Terry, I'll get someone with a strong visual sense. While filming, there were several health issues that delayed the project. For example, Raul Julia, who played Gomez Adams, had a blood vessel burst in his eye. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of had to, you know, work around and Uh, and shoot other shots. Just don't look at him from that side. Yeah, don't look at him. (laughs) And I want to talk about him as Gomez for a second. Because I think that he really... (laughs) He's not exactly the Gomez of the comics. No. Mm-hmm. He was a little too handsome. Yeah. Too yeah. Really, we've said debonair. Debonair. Ooh. He's very, yeah. You know, he still has the cigar all the yes. time. I say. But he still was such a good Gomez. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, he just, you loved him. He was so charming. <laughs> yes. He was such a charming guy. And it's a little less of a juxtaposition between him and Morticia in this movie. Yeah. Like, they seem like a really, like, sexy couple. And <laughs> yes. it makes a little more sense. Whereas in... <laughs> The comic yeah. and a little bit in the original show it was like, he's a little bit of a goofball, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. and she's this beautiful right. woman, right. Yeah. you know. In in most of the time, he's they're not the same height. Yes, most of the time he's far shorter. Yeah, so yeah. in this one, they're like... Pretty close. Basically, pretty much dead yeah. on. Yeah. Sonnenfeld also had issues as he fought through pain due to his sciatica while filming. Goodness. Yeah. There was at one point where he actually fainted. Ooh. And Ooh. they wanted to stop filming for the day and stuff. And he was like, no, like, we need to keep keep going. Bro. Like, we if we stop every time I faint, so. <laughs> he, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. He, this, this movie, uh, some of them said it, this movie almost broke him. Yeah. Like, he, He's oh, man. He had a lot going on. Just but the... he pulled it off. <laughs> if we stopped every time. Yeah. Exactly. I the thought, it's like, We'd never get this project. It sounds done. like me. Sounds yeah. something I would say. Fainting constantly or yeah. something. Yeah. I, no. We would never get this. We'd done. be stopping every twenty minutes. Yeah. We, yeah, we would. Why are you fainting every twenty minutes? <laughs> Orion began having money problems due to backing too many expensive movies. They decided to sell the Adams family in the middle of filming. Wow. Yeah, so they they said like the crew and the director and every everybody else didn't really know uh, until a while afterwards. Like <laughs> it was a surprise to them; they had no idea. Really, somehow just... it was like a smooth, kind of a smooth transition that they didn't even Whoa. know that it yeah. happened. Interesting. <laughs> they sold it to Paramount, who ended up releasing the film. This sale ended up causing issues with the DVD releases all the way up until 2013 because foreign distribution rights to the film were owned by MGM. Yes. What a nightmare rights are, you know? Dude, it really, it's like, amazing. Like yeah, copyrights. You have no idea who owns stuff. It's crazy. Nope. And one company can own yeah. one part of it and another company yeah. another part. Just, yeah, just like the music for Snow White. Yeah, yeah exactly. The film was very popular in theaters with a budget of about $30 million. It made just over $191.5 million worldwide. Holy cow. Very nice. Dang. Yeah. This was the yeah. movie. This brought it back. Back. It, yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it was. they were kind of gone for a little bit there. And then this came out and it was like, oh, yeah. I remember the Addams Family. <laughs> I love them. They're never going away. Mm-hmm. Nope. A mere two months into its release, the film had another obstacle. The producer of the 1964 show, David Levy, filed a lawsuit against the film. 
Although the film had taken inspiration and was modeled after the comics, it also used a lot of the ideas and concepts that the show had created. That is true. Yeah. Yep. He had a very strong case. Yes. Wow. Very strong. Because, yes. I mean, it's true. Like, if you, like, right now, for example, The Wizard of Oz is in the public domain. Mm-hmm. Anybody can make a Wizard of Oz movie, movie yes. based right. on the books, The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. But if your Wizard of Oz movie yeah. includes something that is only in the 1939 movie, yep. then you will get sued. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because even though the story itself is. Free Public domain, yep. You know, these details that they created are mm-hmm. not. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing here. You know, it's like, yeah, they're adapting the cartoons, but in the cartoons, they don't have these names. They don't yep. go yeah. messes and kiss Morticia's arm. Exactly. They don't talk about speaking French. They don't, none of this stuff no. that. It's all added. Yeah. But and, yet that everybody knows by that point. Right. Yeah. You and know? it's not the Adams family without that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Levy listed things like the characters' names, the invention of Thing and Cousin It, Lurch playing the piano, and Gomez's love of fencing and fawning over his wife. These are all things that yep. mm-hmm. the show created that yep. did not exist previously. Yeah. And he won. Yeah. He won. <laughs> As he should he, have. Yeah, he won money because of it. This movie was successful and had two sequels, Adam's Family Values in 1993 and the direct-to-video Adam's Family Reunion in 1998. Yes. Those are both sequels. Yep. The other one is not a reboot. Correct. Mm-hmm. Adam's Family Values is notable because it has a plot that resembles Charles Adams's troubles with a second wife. Ooh. Oh, boy. Yeah, so yeah. in Adam's Family Values, <laughs> a woman comes into Uncle Fester's life and basically tries, she wants to marry him and then murder him so she can have ah. his money. Mm-hmm. Ooh, snap. <laughs> Family Values also had a nod to Pugsley's original name by adding a baby named Pubert. Yes. Yeah. So hilarious name. <laughs> so there were, yeah. So there were little bits of you know original stuff in mm-hmm. the sequel too, and also in the original comics there was a baby, but they never showed the baby. Yeah. They just talked about the baby. Uh. So there being one is you know. Not crazy. Not unheard no. of, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they already had two kids, like we said, so. Yeah. Adam's Family Reunion notably starred Tim Curry as Gomez. Oh. Very nice. Yeah, so that one a lot of people think is a reboot, but it's not. It's just that nope. it was a few years after the other one, so the yes. kids had grown up. The original Gomez from 1991, unfortunately, had passed away, yeah. and, you know. I think the only actor that was the same for that one was Lurch. And now we move on to some of the animated stuff. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. of that as well. The first one here is the Addams Family animated series from 1992. This edition of the Addams Family is the second animated series based on the characters. It was also produced by Hanna-Barbera for ABC in 1992. It was made as a continuation of the previous year's film. This was such a funny thing we did in the 90s. Yes. Right? We'd have a live action movie, and then we'd be like, but the story continues in animation. Yes. We we would do that. I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. Who knows? It is strange because (laughs) the movie got sequels. Yeah. Yeah. So why is the show also a sequel? A sequel. The series was different from the film and previous Adam's Family cartoon, primarily in the character designs and voice acting. The characters were made with a 
passing resemblance to the original comics. It lasted for two seasons, with a total of 21 episodes. The series shows the family at their ancestral home in the fictional town of Happydale Heights. <laughs> of course they'd live in Happydale Heights. Yes. In some episodes, the Adams find themselves dealing with the Norman Meyer family, who seeks to kick them from the town. The exception being the family's only son, who was friends with the Adams' children. As with the 73 series, the ghoulish nature of the Adams family was toned down in order to be more acceptable for children. Some examples was that Gomez's love for cigars not being shown, along with his responses to Morticia's use of four languages being reduced to a kissing frenzy. Yeah, Aww. they took out that stuff, which is, yes. I mean, whatever. Kids yeah, can see that. Exactly. <laughs> it's fine. Yep. It's fine. No, it's not fine, you see, because this is TV and animation's <laughs> yeah. only for children. That's right. Next here, we have The New Adams Family from 1998. The New Adams Family was a 65-episode sitcom that labeled itself as an updated version of the 1964 show. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was a Canadian and American collaboration that most people seem to have enjoyed. Yeah. John Astin appears as Grandpa Adams in this one. Yeah, this is really yeah. sweet, and I, I want to watch it now. That's cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John Astin's in it. Exactly. So. Yeah, why not? And if it is anything like it says, if it is anything like the original show, it's probably pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Moving right along here to 2010 with a Broadway musical. Hey. Uh-huh. The family appeared again in 2010, but this time on Broadway. Although critics were not fond of it, many fans were. It ran for two years and then toured with sales of about half a million dollars. According to Smithsonian Magazine, it was the most popular high school musical in 2018 and 2019. Cool. Oh, that's pretty neat. Yeah, I wonder why. I wonder why too. Yeah, I must have been. That must have been the years that the rights went up for. Oh, uh-huh. teachers could purchase the point. rights for the musical. Yeah. All right. So in 2019, the Adams family returned to the big screen in an MGM animated feature. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yes. This movie was delightful. It was. It was a sweet little movie. Did it you watch so it? I haven't seen it, but it was I nice. Hear yeah. Great things about yeah. it. Yeah. This updated version of the family included a cast of characters that closely resembled the original comics. The film also kept with the tradition of a witty sense of humor, with several pop cultural references. For example, Pugsley has a holy hand grenade of Monty Python, and the house screams, Get out! Just like the home in the Amityville horror. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's pretty pretty cool. Nice try. Oh, you're always so grumpy before your morning coffee. Some shots also resemble Evil Dead. At one point, a red balloon floats in and Morticia remarks that there's Usually a murderous clown attached to the end of these. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think that what might have been in a trailer. That yeah. line was in the trailer. Okay. I remember yeah. that. It's a cute movie. It's it pretty is. funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to watch it. <laughs> the movie does depict the dark and sinister hijinks of its characters, but in a way that's palatable for children. 
At the end of the film, the characters recreate the beginning credits of the 1964 show, which is really cool. It's really yeah. cute. The snaps and everything. It had essentially an all-star cast with names like Oscar Isaac, Charlize Theron, Finn Wolfhard, Nick Kroll, Chloe Grace Moretz, Allison Janney, Bette Midler, and more. Yay. <laughs> like it's a Goodness, lot. Yeah. There's a lot of people in this movie. Yeah. The film was popular enough to receive a sequel. With a $24 million budget, it made $30 million on its opening weekend, with a whopping $203 million worldwide. Yeah, that's like, pre-pandemic numbers. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's... Things were different it's, back then. Yeah. We were yeah. different people. We, yeah, we oh, really were. We saw this at the drive-in. Yes. There's a couple of little fun facts we have about this one. Tim Burton in 2010 was rumored to be the one to make this movie, but in stop motion. Yeah, Tim Burton has almost made Adam's Family stuff a couple of times. Yeah. Interesting. He's yep. finally going to get to do it. Yep. Finally. And when the house is painted pink, it's reminiscent of the actual studio that, set that we talked about earlier, where, you know, it contained a lot of pink in real life, but it was black and white for yeah, the show. Yeah, so you didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so now let's move on to the newest one on our list, the one that's coming out here very soon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. As of recording, the not trailer excited. Yeah, yeah, the trailer came out only two weeks ago, I think. Yeah. And yeah, it's getting a lot of hype. Yeah. And it is Wednesday for 2022. While it's only been a year since the last Adams Family film was released, everyone's favorite family will return this fall on Netflix in Tim Burton's new horror series, Wednesday. The show follows a teenage Wednesday Adams and her exploits at Nevermore Academy. Wednesday will be played by Jenna Ortega of the later Scream films, with Louise Guzman playing Gomez Adams and Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia. Perfect casting. Yeah. Absolutely yeah, perfect casting. Luis Guzman, yeah, he's perfect Yeah, for Gomez. Yep. He looks, I mean, they dressed him up to make him look creepier yes. than he actually <laughs> looks in real life. Right. So, But he really does, with the makeup on and the costume, he much more resembles the comic Com than absolutely. other actors. Yep. This series appears to play homage to the dark humor from the original comics. More so than any iteration of the Adams family that has come before. Yeah, just watching the trailers, I was like, yeah, those comics right. were dark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, sometimes they, you know, they were funny. Yeah. But they were dark. And, yeah. I mean, they were never able to really capture that until no. now, hopefully. Yeah. So it's going to be a fun, fun horror ride. I wonder if, I wonder if people who only know the shows and movies that have existed since the comics will yeah. have thoughts about I it. I mean, what they're going to say is, wow, what a, what a new dark take on yeah. the Addams Family. Oh, my God. Right, yeah. right. When it's more like <laughs> yeah. what the original take was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It'll oh. be interesting. I'm excited to watch it. I think it looks really good. Oh, yes, yeah. it does. So and you... Tim, Tim Burton finally got to make his Addams Family. That's yes, right. Yes, finally. finally. About time. So do you guys have any final thoughts on the Adams family? Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap up? I really like the concept of the Adams family mm -hmm. just being these really just 
non-conformist people. Yeah. They're not monsters, you know. Yep. They yep. really love each other. They're a very well-functioning family, mm-hmm. except for maybe the relationship between Wednesday and Pugsley. Like, they, yep. you know, the, there's mean, a lot of, like, sibling stuff going yeah, on there. Yeah, but they're siblings. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. Really, they just love each other. <laughs> they keep to themselves. They just, you know, love who they are, and they don't apologize for it, and that's that's yeah. it. Yeah, and this... This is one of those shows that I wasn't, I don't believe I was really allowed technically to watch. I mean, I probably came across episodes, you know, on TV yeah. when like, you know, the parents weren't around yeah. or something. Well, well just it was look on at them. A lot, look and at them. They clearly worship the devil. They're creepy clearly, and they're kooky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and altogether, apparently not for me. So, yeah. but so I I you know I know I watched probably a couple episodes here and there when yeah. I was younger, but you know watching it you know in the past couple of years is just is really cool. And now learning all of this stuff about them, mm-hmm. I find it really cool watching all of these things after learning about especially Charles Adams and things, all these little facts that get inserted yeah. in funny ways like for example in the 2019 animated they they need to escape to somewhere where they're like no where nobody else will want to be or nobody should go and so then it shows them driving into new jersey yeah which is super funny because that's where charles adams grew up or like and he was born he lived there yeah, yeah. Like for a really long time. long time, and I think it's funny because at first glance, it just it's just a funny joke. Yeah, right. Because everybody's always talking about how crappy New Jersey is. Yeah, blah blah blah. Never been there, so I have no <laughs> yeah, idea. Yeah, no but idea. That's just the joke that you hear all the yeah. time, and that's just what you assume the joke is. But yeah. the joke is actually that <laughs> Charles it's much Adams. Deeper than that's that. yeah. they really are There's multiple levels. Yeah, they <laughs> really are from New Jersey. Like yeah. they. <laughs> They go to that theater in New Jersey. They hang out and just where their house is. Yeah. That's, yeah. That they really do live in New Jersey. That's pretty great. Yeah. So having these little knowledges is really nice. Yeah. And yeah. seeing the comics where there's an octopus on Wednesday's bed and, mm-hmm. and things like that and how they incorporate octopuses into the newer stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, like she has a, an octopus in the most recent one. Yeah. There's an octopus in every. Yeah. Either on the bed or, you know, in other ways. That's that's the kind of sweet uh-huh. knowledge that you get from the BCD. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. But and we didn't even really talk about. I believe Kitty Cat, uh, who appears in all pretty much. Oh every, yeah, every Kitty Cat as well. Yeah, Kitty Cat is their pet lion. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. So in, in the 1964 show, I think they Amazing. have one clip of a lion wandering, yep, and they it. just reuse it over and over Perfect. again. Yeah, because they. So I mean, funny. Yeah. And cute. But... <laughs> Can only do so much with a lion. <laughs> you know. <right? laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's what the beginning of. I mean, yeah. the animated movie, they did the MGM lion, and then they just animated him after he roared, and then yes. he just, there he was, it was nice. in the Adams Family house. It was super yes. cute. Oh, man. Very nice. So good. That is cool. It, I mean, the Adams Family has become kind of an icon of media now. Yeah. Right? It started out as a comic, but so many iterations that have all done pretty well. You know, yeah. there weren't really any stinkers yeah. among the stuff just yeah. because it's such 
despite their outward appearance, they are a very relatable family. They are a very enjoyable to watch family. Yeah, like, yeah. They have normal they, problems. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's relatable despite their weirdness, and it's like you said, it's very refreshing that they don't apologize for that weirdness. Yeah, and that's yep. awesome, and that's something everyone can kind of learn from. Yes. Because it's okay to be weird, and you don't yeah. have to apologize for it. There's a whole family of crazy, kooky, <laughs> ghoulish beings. Yeah, and, and their and popularity it. proves that it's fine. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I bet you Wednesday is probably going to do really well. Oh, yes. yeah. They yeah. might do more movies later, more shows later. I mean, ever since the 90s movie, they've, they're here to stay. Yeah. yeah. So we'll, we look forward to more Adams Family stuff in the future. The Adams family has something that appeals to anyone that has ever felt like an outcast. They never apologize for their defiance of cultural expectations, and they never allow anyone to make them feel like they should change. Although the members of the family have gone through many changes over the last 84 years, their widespread appeal has stayed the same. This delightfully strange group may be creepy and kooky, but it's no mystery as to how they have lasted so long in American culture. At the end of the day, they're just like any other family, but with a few more sharp edges than most. So if you're in the mood for the macabre, pay a call on the Adams Family. That's going to be a case closed. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> First try. It's perfect. We love it. And we love you for listening. Thank you so much for yes. listening, everyone. We appreciate you very much. Before we go, we especially like to thank our patrons. Joel, John, Jacob, Jacqueline, JD, Anthony, Shelly, Linda, Bob, Jaron, and Brad. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. You mean the world to us. You really do. You can now buy us a popcorn at buymeacoffee.com slash Diary. And thank you to all who support us, whether it be through listening, telling a friend, or donating. You could also leave us a review if you feel like yeah. it. Yes. And be sure to go check out our other show, There Are No Small Parts. We have finally come out with a new episode yeah it's been away for a minute and it's back and it's great just as strong as ever so definitely go check it out on its own podcast feed or you can go to blackcasediaries.com and there'll be a link to it there yeah so thank you everyone we will see you next time